So I'd like to talk about social media today and specifically the effect that it has on our brain, on our basketball performance, and give you some really simple ways to minimize the damage from social media and even benefit and use it to train your mind to improve mental performance across all domains of life. And I would, I'll say this right up front, I consider this to be a foundational must-watch Deep Game talk for every player who comes through Deep Game. I really hope that uh, we can spread this as far and wide as possible because in this work, our goal is, of course, to master the part of basketball that's played with the mind, in other words, the deep game. And social media is one of the biggest influences on our mind today, if not the biggest, right? So it it has, whether we realize it or not, a direct impact on our basketball performance and in a larger way on our mental performance in everything that we do, whether that's uh, in your studies, in your work, uh, of course, on the basketball court and in your relationships and really every domain of life. All right. So this is very, very important. And so what we're going to speak about in this talk is number one, the actual effect of social media on our mind, what it does to our brain on a neurochemical level and how it ends up impacting every uh, aspect of our mental performance, both on and off the court. And almost everybody that I speak to, <clears throat> up and coming players, friends, uh, pretty much everybody of all ages <laughs> at this point is pretty aware that social media is unhealthy, that this is a problem. <laughs> and yet, because most people don't understand exactly how it's impacting us, we don't make a change. And so I wanna make very, very clear exactly what's happening when we overuse social media and use it in the wrong way and also give you some really simple techniques, as I said, for minimizing that damage that uh, occurs in our brain and in our performance. And finally, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, I wanna give you some a few, there aren't many, unfortunately, I want to give you a few ways that you can actually benefit from social media and use it to strengthen your mind and to uh, create a more open, more intelligent mind and hopefully to improve your basketball performance in the process. So my, my worry here initially with making this talk was that I didn't want to make you feel guilty for using social media. That's not my intention at all. What I want to do is give you really simple tools for benefiting from social media and minimizing the damage that happens in the process of using it. Okay, so this isn't meant to be like an anti-social media talk that we should bring down Facebook and Instagram and we should all delete the apps and never use them again. You can go ahead and do that if you want, but that's not my intention here. It's just to help you use these tools more effectively because ultimately social media is, uh, in a word, it's powerful, right? And power cuts both ways. I sort of, uh, to use an analogy, I see social media to our communication with each other, sort of like nuclear energy is to power. Nuclear energy can be used to power an entire city, or it can be used to bomb that city and completely destroy it, right? Again, power cuts both ways. And social media is the most powerful form of communication that we have. It literally has interconnected the world. So this is nuclear power for communication. And nuclear power is, once again, very powerful. So we need to understand how to harness it. And 
I will kick this off by sharing my experience with that power very recently because actually back in 2018 I decided that I was going to delete social media and this had been a long process over a number of years I had gradually like first I stopped all notifications on my phone and then I I I deleted like the basic ones like Twitter and then I deleted Instagram and and finally I deleted all social media and I didn't have it at all. And so on my phone, I really just texted. uh, I'd use the internet when I needed to and, you know, phone calls and WhatsApp and stuff like that. But no Instagram, no Facebook. And so for the past four years, I really didn't know what even Instagram looked like. (laughs) I never had a TikTok account. And our deep game team like very lightly managed our social media accounts for me. That's why they were so, uh, (laughs) why deep game has had such an embarrassing Instagram presence because I literally never looked at it. And so a few weeks back, I finally unblocked these apps. (laughs) I looked at them on on, on desktop on my computer actually, just to do some research on what they looked like, if there was a way that we could use it for our business that was a little bit more effective, a way to share the deep game teachings. And so on this given morning, I log in and I start researching and looking at what the app looks like and just reacquainting myself with it. And what I experienced (laughs) was so shocking. I I just, I felt literally compelled to share this talk with you. It's it's what I can only explain as a drug-like high that came over me. And just before I had gone down this social media uh, research rabbit hole, I had done this really deep meditation practice for, I don't remember, maybe an hour, hour and a half in the morning. My mind felt clear and still and calm and I was centered and feeling really, really good. And so when I started playing around inside Instagram and TikTok and figuring out what was going on in there, this literally like a drug experience came over me and I had this huge spike in adrenaline and cortisol and dopamine and all of these chemicals came online as though I had just taken a drug or like drank a a serious energy drink because it was so new and novel to me. I hadn't experienced it before. And so this is really the first layer of understanding what social media does in our mind. We need to understand the neurochemical that it primarily acts with. And I'm going to give you a really simple explanation here. If you want like a deeper scientific explanation, I would check out Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is one of the uh, most popular voices on the topic of dopamine and motivation. But dopamine essentially is a feel-good neurotransmitter in our mind that is largely responsible for the feelings of motivation, of mood, of energy. And when you've had the experience of feeling like really strong and driven and you're doing all of your workouts and you're like driving yourself to the gym and you feel really good about it and motivated and hungry, that is the result of having healthy dopamine in your brain, okay? The problem is (laughs) our brain evolved over time to release dopamine after like real physical effort or mental effort. So when we put in an effort, like a workout, we get this sort of a a reward of dopamine, this feel-good chemical that uh, is released in our brain and in our nervous system, okay? So if you can imagine like back in the caveman days when we went out hunting for 
our food that day and we put in this long grueling hunt and we finally like killed the animal and brought it back to our tribe and we cooked it and we got this really satisfied feeling of reward that's dopamine but it was triggered as a result of the effort that we put in prior to getting the reward not by the reward itself so when we use social media we are essentially triggering this massive dopamine hit with no effort whatsoever uh, in front of it, okay? And as a result, it's sort of like sugar for the brain. We get this huge spike in dopamine, very, very sharp, and then a crash. And <laughs> if we're talking about the neurotransmitter that is responsible for our motivation, for our drive, for feelings of like good mood and high energy and and really all of the feelings that contribute to discipline and work ethic <laughs> that's a really big problem if you're constantly spiking sugar throughout the day through your body how healthy is your body going to be well the equivalent the same is true for our mind and if social media we could look at it as like sugar for the brain we don't want to be intaking a whole bunch of sugar all day long because inevitably we're going to have chronic illness, so to speak, in our mind. And we'll speak about that a little bit. I'm not talking about like severe mental illness, but low grade depression, lack of energy, low mood, uh, you know, light depression, stunted recovery from training, disrupted sleep. Uh, and even in some cases, like legitimate mental illness, that can all be a result of overusing social media, okay? Because it is spiking our dopamine and then crashing it. And if you have ever, this comes, this is an, an analogy that comes from Dr. Andrew Huberman. If you've ever found yourself scrolling through social media and you don't really know why, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel that good, but like I'm, I'm still just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It's our brain looking for another hit of dopamine, but our dopamine is so depleted that it never comes. And so the analogy that Andrew Huberman used is of if we saw a dog in a corner that was furiously digging for a bone that wasn't there and it was just digging, 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 and it wouldn't stop. It just kept on looking for that bone that wasn't there and never came. We would say, that's really sad, right? That's really sad. Like, why doesn't that dog just, just understand that bone isn't there? And that's us. That's us on social media, just scrolling, 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 waiting for the reward that never comes because the neurotransmitter responsible for giving us that feeling of reward is completely depleted. And as a result, our mood is depleted, our motivation is depleted, our energy is depleted. And that's what I experienced that day after that beautiful meditation session. I go into the, the what one of our deep game members calls the swamp of social media, Instagram, TikTok, and all of this dopamine rushes through my system and I literally felt like I was on some kind of drug. I was jittery and like cracked out and then I got this crash. It's like, whoa, this is, what is this? This is not good news. And so <laughs> that was my first experience with just the sheer neurochemical power of social media. But what I also noticed is that in the process of looking through the social media feed, our attention is being trained to jump from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing in these short little bursts of attention. And so in the same way as if 
we're on the basketball court and our attention is all over the place. It's caught up in our thoughts and then it's thinking about what is our coach thinking and then what it, what about that play that just happened and what happens if this happens on the next play and what are my teammates going to think about me? Everything but the actual game itself, that's kind of what happens when we're scrolling through social media. It's bouncing from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And if you're doing that all day long on social media, how easy do you think it's going to be to reverse that and just magically be perfectly focused when you get onto the court in a real game? Social media and overusing it is detraining our mind. It's detraining our mind. It's sort of like taking your dog for a walk. And if you've ever had like a, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my golden retriever upstairs, sometimes he'll get this like burst of energy and he'll be pulling me all over the sidewalk and going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and he doesn't hold his attention on anything he's just like smelling over here and then running over here and then sees a dog and he chases after it and I'm like being pulled and I have to rein him in that's sort of our mind on social media <laughs> and so if you're training your mind to do that it's going to do it on the basketball court it's directly impacting our ability to focus and decreasing our ability to focus and detraining that focus muscle so that's the second thing first one is this drug-like high the spike of dopamine with the crash afterwards that depletes our motivation our energy our mood uh, and therefore our discipline work ethic and so on it detrains our ability to hold our focused attention in one spot, like in a game. It's also extremely hard to pull away. <laughs> so I planned on 45 minutes of social media research that morning just to sort of acquaint myself with the platforms again, because again, I hadn't seen them, right? So instead of 45 minutes, I looked down at the clock at the end. And I had spent two hours and I hadn't even realized it. I was so absorbed in, again, the, what our player calls the swamp. I was like treading water in this swamp, not knowing what time it was. And suddenly two hours had passed. And that was really surprising to me because I am what I would consider like a seasoned meditator. I have been training my mind very intensively <laughs> with hundreds of retreats and an 18-month meditation master level apprenticeship very recently. And like I've been doing this work for a long time. And yet social media still overpowered me that morning. When I finally realized what time it was and I realized what was going on and I was my mind was all hazy I'm like what is this drug that I just put into my system it became very very clear that trying thinking that you can win against social media is like thinking you can out wrestle a gorilla it's not gonna happen I was <laughs> as a side note I was watching this interview with John Donaher who's one of the uh, foremost well probably widely regarded as the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach in the world today perhaps the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach of all time and he coaches the number one um, submission grappler Brazilian jiu-jitsu player uh, in the world probably of all time Gordon Ryan he was saying that if Gordon Ryan the best jiu-jitsu athlete in history went up against a gorilla, he would have absolutely no chance and a thousand times out of a thousand, the gorilla would kill him, okay? So trying to fight against the pull of social media is like wrestling a gorilla. We're not going to win. And the, re the reason is because these companies, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram's part of Facebook, of course, 
these companies are running with a team of like high, high, high level engineers, the very cutting edge of technology development, they're running thousands of tiny little split tests on these platforms constantly testing to see what will hold our attention the longest. Okay, so these platforms have been finely tuned with the very best technology that uh, the world has to offer today and the best engineers developing this technology to keep your attention on it and keep your attention jumping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to keep your eyeballs glued to your screen. And there's teams of people making sure that this happens. That's why it's so sticky. That's why we can't fight against it and we need to set up rules for ourselves so that we don't get overcome by social media and as a result experience the low mood, the lack of motivation, the lack of energy, the disrupted sleep, the, uh, you know, uh, decreased recovery from training and so on and so forth that comes from overusing social media. So <laughs> all in all, by the time I finished this little experiment that morning and I finished our research, I kind of felt like, uh, and shout out to Kyle, one of our deep game members loves this analogy. I kind of felt like a clean car that had just gone off-roading. Remember, I had just finished this beautiful meditation in the morning and then my mind felt clear and still and calm and clean. And then by the end of this two hours, it was like the Jeep that's covered in mud. It's like, whoa, my mind is like fuzzy. It's jittery. I need to go and like relax my nervous system, breathe, kind of like clear myself off. And what I will say now is that the mind feeds on thoughts and input and stimulation, things that you put into it from social media and, and otherwise, like the body feeds on food. There was this, this line in a song, actually, I was playing NBA 2K a little while back, and one of the songs in the, the background soundtrack to the video game had this line that said, uh, my news feed is breakfast for my brain. In other words, he was talking about it, this, this rapper, I, I don't know who it was, I don't know what the song was, unfortunately, but he was referring to when we roll over, grab our phone, and start scrolling through our news feed on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the case may be, Facebook. The newsfeed is breakfast for my brain. That was almost a literal statement that he made, probably without realizing it, is that his mind is feeding on that information. And just like our physical body has to digest and process and assimilate food, our mind has to digest and process and assimilate all of this information that we're taking in from social media. So you want to make sure that you're putting clean information in, <laughs> in the same way that you want clean food and, and healthy food in your body. You want to be feeding your mind with clean input and only stuff that you want to have in there. It's not that, uh, you know, well, I'll say it this way. If you ate food all day long without uh, ever giving your digestive system a break, how long do you think it would take for you to feel really sick and really indigested and uh, constipated and so on and so forth? Not all that long. You'd feel pretty sick by like noon, right? Most of us are doing that with various inputs like social media being the biggest one all day long. 
We're checking our phone, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We get a notification. We scroll, scroll, scroll all day long. And we're feeding our mind with these in, in, unclean, impure inputs for the entire day <laughs> without stop. And so no wonder our mind feels so jumpy, unfocused, fuzzy, clouded. Our motivation is low. We're having lack of energy. Why do I feel this way? Well, it's just improper, unskillful use of social media in many cases, okay? So I'll, I'll cap this off with a final analogy. Don't put low-grade gasoline in a high-end sports car. If you're training your mind to be a high-performing like Lamborghini Ferrari <laughs> on the basketball court and off, don't feed that thing with low-grade gasoline. It's going to gum up all it's going to gum up the engine and all of the internal processes of that vehicle in the same way that social media gums up the internal processes of the mind and that is going to directly directly impact your basketball performance in a really negative way okay so as you can see the the point i'm making here is that the time that we spend on social media although that is the main problem that many people focus on oh i'm spending all this time on social media i'm wasting my time it's not just the time that you're spending the effect of that the aftershock in your mind and in your nervous system in your neurochemistry bleeds into everything else okay it depletes your dopamine with which affects your motivation your mood your energy it trains your mind to be impulsive rather than focused that's going to, of course, impact you on the basketball court when you're trying to focus. It's going to be next to impossible to do that because your mind has been detrained. It's like uh, if you've never done a bicep curl in your life and you go into the weight room and you try to curl a 50-pound weight, your bicep is not going to be able to lift that weight and it may even tear, right? Or you may get injured in some way. The same way, if we never train our focus, <laughs> how are we going to be able to focus during games? It's not possible, right? You have to train it first. And finally, it distorts our image of reality and it can even cause mental illness, okay? And we'll get into this in, a, in, a, in the next chapter. But most often, we don't realize just how harmful social media is until we stop. And I was pretty surprised, actually, at the Deep Game Retreat this past summer when our uh, retreat members were fed by this like world-class chef his name is sean mccart who came and he was cooking these beautiful organic meals with a lot of vegetables that were grown in his garden and like organic free-range meats and and wild caught fish and like just beautiful beautiful meals he'd cook three times a day for our retreat participants super super clean and healthy and at the end of the week, our retreat participants were shocked at how clean their body felt. And all of them said this, like, whoa, I feel so healthy. And they had no idea just how unhealthy they felt prior to eating the healthy food because they hadn't experienced it before. And in the same way, many of us don't realize just how jammed up our mind is with social media until we actually let it go and allow that uh, all that information to detox and we come back we replenish our dopamine we become motivated again as a result and we realize like oh wow i had no idea what effect i was under it was like being caught in a trance and 
So <laughs> with all of that said, I hope I didn't make everybody feel too guilty here for using social media. I just want to make it very clear what the negative impacts are because again, if we don't understand what the negative impact is, we're not likely to break the habit and make a change. And that's what we're going to do in the next chapter here. So now we're going to get into the real tactical information on how to minimize the damage that social media uh, inflicts on our brain, on our mind, on our basketball performance. And I'm going to give you some really, really simple techniques that any player can implement for, I think, a, a really dramatic improvement in how your mind feels on a daily basis just by implementing these techniques. All right. So that's what we're going to do in the next chapter. Uh, if you need to, as always, like shake your body out, stretch, get some water, or just power through, join me in the next chapter, and I will see you. Okay, welcome back. So as promised, I want to give you a really simple set of rules for using social media more effectively and with less damage to your brain and to your mental performance. And as I said, I would actually recommend setting these up as rules for yourself, a system through which you use social media that you deviate from very, very, very rarely, if at all. And if you set these rules up for yourself, you're going to dramatically decrease, I believe, the negative impact from social media, and you may even be able to use it effectively. So I'll say just before we get started on these rules, <clears throat> that if you find this a little bit too overwhelming and you don't want to decrease your social media usage or, or change it to this degree, this significantly, then just implement maybe one, two, three of these at a time and do it in a more gradual process so that it's not as uncomfortable of a shock to your system. And if you're really serious, then just implement all of them at once. I think you're going to get great results from that as well. So I'll run through these uh, just one by one right now. First one, please, 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 <laughs> I would recommend to every single player who's serious about this deep game work, turn off notifications on your phone from social media. So if somebody posts on TikTok or posts on Instagram or posts on Facebook and you're getting a notification every single time, every time that happens and your phone distracts you, not only are you training your mind to like jump to distractions over and over, but a little bit of dopamine is released every single time. And that's a drain on our motivation, our mood, our energy, and so on and so forth, as we discussed in the previous chapter. So please turn off notifications so that the only thing that you're receiving are text message, uh, you know, WhatsApp included, of course, and maybe phone calls. That's it. You don't need to know every single time every person posts on Instagram. Otherwise, you, your mind will be just completely overwhelmed with information all the time, jumping from one thing to the next. It's not good news, all right? So please turn off notifications. The second one, and this is a, a really foundational rule. We set it up as a weekly habit in the Deep Game program that all of our players do. For the first and final hour of the day, turn off or block all social media from your phone. You don't want to be putting in information from social media during these times because the analogy that I, that I use with our players is it's sort of like a portal opens up between the conscious and unconscious mind. And that may sound a little bit wacky, but you've experienced this, right? When you first wake up in the morning, you're sort of in this in-between state where you're still kind of dreaming, you're still kind of awake, maybe as you're falling asleep, you are getting like visuals of your dreams, but you're not fully asleep yet. 
that's that in-between state where the unconscious and subconscious mind is open, we have access to it, and yet we're still partially conscious. So if you are putting social media into your mind while it's in that very malleable open state, it's going to sink in so much deeper. And as we said, you don't put low-grade gasoline in a high-end sports car. (laughs) We don't want to be pouring social media information into our brain when it's that open. That's bad news, okay? All of that garbage is just going to be like, it's going to sink much, much deeper into you. Okay, so for the first and final hour of the day, when your mind is more open, more malleable, we don't use any social media at all. Next, put your phone on airplane mode while you're working or training. You can download your Spotify playlists or you know your Apple Music playlists offline to be able to listen to them if you want to do that, but please... Don't be getting (laughs) notifications and be getting distractions while you're working and training. If you're distracting yourself during those times, we used to have this saying all the time in the old elite card training days, the way that you train is going to be the way that you play. If you're distracting yourself all the time while you're training, you're going to be distracted when you're on the court playing. And it's going to be very, very hard to sink your mind into that state of relaxed, effortless focus that we're training so hard for here at Deep Game. So phone on airplane mode while you're working and training. No distractions at all. Turn your phone off or on airplane mode while you're sleeping. I promise you this has a much bigger effect than you think. Not only because if your phone is lighting up, that blue light that's emitted from your phone is going to flash into the room and it's been shown in scientific studies to disrupt melatonin, which is responsible for uh, that sleepy state that we get in at the end of the day and for deepening our sleep. Your sleep is becoming more shallow, more sporadic. You may even wake up throughout the night. That's going to affect your recovery from training. So that's number one. Like if your phone is flashing, that's the first thing. But the electro, the in other words, the EMF frequencies that are emitted from your phone have been shown to disrupt brainwave states. And there's this is relatively new science, so I don't want to go too deep into it. There's a lot of sort of various opinions on this, but I've experienced this directly for myself to the degree that I just, I know it to be true for me. And several years ago, when I really experienced this dramatically, I went and visited a friend of mine who lives up in the, in the mountains in British Columbia, beautiful, beautiful property. That's totally private. There's no power lines over it. It's just pure nature. And he lives up in this cabin. It's so idyllic and and amazing. And when I visited him, I turned off my phone. There was no like uh, Wi-Fi signals or, uh, you know, electromagnetic frequencies in the area. Like it was very, very, very still. And when I went to sleep that night, (laughs) I slept like an absolute rock. I have no memory whatsoever of sleeping. And I woke up 14 hours later. It was the best sleep (laughs) maybe of my entire life, honestly, like that dramatic. And it was because there was just none of this electromagnetic noise going on. And so if your phone is right near your head and it's constantly taking in text messages and blowing up and like there's Wi-Fi signals and all of this stuff, it is affecting your sleep, I promise you. And regardless of the various opinions that are out there, scientific and otherwise, 
I've found this to be true for me. And I really think that if you make an effort to turn your phone off or on airplane mode while you're sleeping, you're going to see a difference in your sleep quality, okay? So that's the next one. The, uh, the next rule that I would set for yourself, and we've spoken about this in our rapid learning techniques for basketball talk, what you wanna give yourself is what we call white space after training. So in other words, for five to 10, maybe 15 minutes after a training session, this includes also like intellectual training. So meditation, study, homework, reading, things of that nature, as well as your physical basketball training. Give yourself space where you don't take in any new input, especially from social media, but I would also include conversations with people, uh, you know, just various ways that the mind is getting activated. And the reason that we want to give ourselves this open space after a period of, uh, of training and of effort is because during that time when our mind is at rest immediately after that mental activity or physical activity as well, our mind and the motor neurons in our brain have been shown to be replaying what we just did at 20 times the speed or something there, something <laughs> to that to that tune, okay? So basically we are downloading all of the information that we just put into our mind, into our nervous system through that effort at uh, uh, multiple of the speed that we did it at. So don't interrupt the download. When you take in social media immediately after training, immediately after studying, we're interrupting the rate that our mind is able to replay what we just did. And therefore, we're draining some of that result from the training. So give yourself white space after training, 5, 10, even 15 minutes where you don't really do a whole lot of anything. Maybe you just stretch or uh, you know, you can go get some water or just relax, okay? Don't put anything new in there. Allow the download to complete before you begin a new one. In the same way, we want to give ourselves as much white space throughout the day as possible and this is sort of like digestion time for the mind. We use this analogy in the last chapter of if we were to eat food all day long <laughs> and we didn't give our digestive system a break, we would be indigested and sick and like ill before long. The same thing is true with our mind. As I said, our mind feeds on thought and feeds on input just like our physical body feeds on food. And so we need to give it time to digest, meaning we need space throughout the day where we're not putting anything new in. So in between focused bouts of effort, whether it's homework, study, or maybe it's uh, you know physical training of some kind, meditation, whatever, give yourself white space and really cultivate as much of this as you can throughout the day. It should be your default. The default should not be to like listen to another podcast, watch another YouTube video, check Instagram again, like always have something going in there. And this can become a, a pretty serious addiction, right? Dopamine addiction is real. Instead of that, give yourself lots of space and make using things like social media, taking in podcasts, watching videos, more of an event rather than a continuous process. Also, very, very important. This is something I, I really encourage everybody to do. Notice when you're scrolling through your newsfeed on social media, but it's not feeling good anymore. You're not getting a reward. You're not actually taking in anything beneficial, but you're just kind of scrolling and wondering why you're doing it. Like, oh, this doesn't feel very good. Notice when you're doing that and cut it off. 
the act of cutting that like sort of mindless addiction activity off is going to strengthen your mind and win back some of that dopamine that you lost in the process. The effort of doing that actually strengthens your dopamine reward system, believe it or not. So use these, uh, these opportunities where you catch yourself scrolling to strengthen your mind. And what we want to do is avoid, again, to use Andrew Huberman's analogy, being like that sort of dog in the corner digging, digging, digging for a bone that isn't there. And in the process, just flatlining our dopamine system and our neurochemistry so that we're completely robbed of motivation and energy, cut that process off so that our neurochemistry can begin to regenerate itself and to sort of fill the tanks back up, so to speak. One app that I like to use for this is uh, freedom.to. This is one I, I've been using since I deleted social media in 2018. I think it's like maybe a dollar a month or something like that. I could be wrong on this. I, I've had it for so long that I'm I'm like not paying attention to it anymore. But basically, you can use freedom.to to time block your social media use so that it's actually blocked the rest of the day. And you can say, okay, from like four until 5 p.m. for sake of the example, or from noon until one, I am going to allow my allow social media to be active on my phone, but throughout the rest of the day, it's going to be unactive. You can also use this to, it, maybe that's an extreme example. Most people are going to use it more than an hour a day or at least have it active on their phone. So for the first and final hour of the day, you can time block. Say, you know, if you know that you wake up at 6.30 every morning, you can say from 6.30 until 7.30 or 8, social media is blocked. And it's blocked throughout the night until an hour before my bedtime. So you can use freedom.to to like really create uh, solid barriers around these rules that you're setting for yourself. And finally, <laughs> this is a harder one, but I'm going to say it anyway, because this is really the magic bullet. Consider deleting the apps that are not adding significantly to your life. You should feel as though you know, if you're using Instagram or you're using TikTok or Facebook or whatever, they're adding something really important to your life and really examine whether or not you need it. I thought before I deleted Instagram that it was so important that I would be able to stay connected with my friends. I would message people like directly on Instagram, just my close friend group. And I would keep tabs on people that I'd met throughout my travels around the world and all of these things. I was like, oh no, I can't get rid of that. It's so important. As soon as I deleted it, I never missed it. <laughs> I never missed it. If I, you know, wanted to talk to a friend, I'd text them. It's a lot better than Instagram, honestly. It's like more uh, connected and intimate or I'd see them in person even better. And I didn't miss it. And so I realized it wasn't actually adding to my life what I thought it was. And I, I've got a really funny story for you that happened recently. We were, I was in San Diego hanging out with a, a group of friends there. And uh, a female friend of mine made this comment. We were talking about, you know, social media and Instagram and, and the overuse of it in society and some of the problems it may be causing. And she made this really funny comment. She's like, you know, 
I find it so attractive when a guy doesn't use social media because it's so rare. It's like everybody's hooked on this and then to find a guy who isn't hooked on it is really attractive. And I kind of laugh to myself because she's not referring to me or anything. Like I, I was laughing to myself because I don't use social media. I don't know if she even knew that. She just made the comment just speaking generally. But I was thinking like, oh yeah, that's, that's actually really true. Like if I found a girl that I was interested in and I found out that she didn't use social media, I would be more attracted to her because those people are rare. It's very, very rare that someone has control over their mind to the degree that they've blocked out something that the rest of society considers so important to use. That's an attractive quality. And so <laughs> consider that, okay? Consider deleting the apps that are not adding significantly to your life and creating a net positive for you and really consider whether or not what they're adding is actually important all right that's my encouragement to you finally optional <laughs> but very effective do a seven-day social media detox this can be very helpful at resetting your motivation your mood your energy your uh just your neurochemistry <laughs> frankly your dopamine Doing a social media detox essentially means not using any social media for seven days. And this can be seven days isn't any magical number. You can do it for five days. You can do it for 14 days. You can do it forever <laughs> if you want to. No problem with that. But delete and block the apps using freedom.to, that app that I mentioned before, so that you can't download them or use them at all for the seven days. You want to really safeguard against those moments where your mind starts to come up with reasons why it's just not worth the discomfort, it's not that bad anyway, it's fine, let me just check it this once, and all of these things that are, will, I promise you, come up during that seven days. Set up safeguards so you blocked, deleted the apps. This will be uncomfortable at first. It's sort of like going into your email inbox and realizing that you've got like 150 unread emails in there that you've got to process. That's a slog to get through. It's got to clear. <laughs> the feeling of getting to inbox zero though, after going through those like 150 emails is so satisfying and your mind is going to go through that same process. It's got this backlog of information from all of the social media that's been coming in, all of the new information that's like getting kind of log jammed in our mental processing and so once it processes we feel so calm and so clear and most players i would say on average from what i've seen around uh the first day is not so bad and then day two is pretty uncomfortable day three is quite uncomfortable in most cases it could be different for you and by day four and five most people most basketball players that i work with feel so clear for the first time and are like, whoa, what was I doing? <laughs> like my mind feels so good. And during this time, one thing that I really recommend is not filling the open space with too much additional input. So if you're deleting social media, but you're like binge watching shows all day long, that's just pouring in more input. It's not social media, but it's still, again, mental processing that you have to do. If you are listening to podcasts nonstop, again, more input, don't fill your mind with more things. We really want to open up space in our mind during this time for these seven days. So if you choose to do this, yes, it's okay to watch like 
couple episodes of a TV show, like a 20 minute sitcom or whatever, but we're not like binging Game of Thrones <laughs> during this time. Okay. And we're also not like binging podcasts and, and so on and so forth. As I've said, give your mind space for seven days. This can be very, very powerful. All right. So to quickly run through these, turn off all notifications, please. Everybody listening to this talk, I, I really encourage you to do this. Turn off notifications. First and final hour, no social media at all. Phone on airplane mode while working or training. Turn phone off or on airplane mode while sleeping. White space after training for five to 15 minutes or so where you don't do anything. Allow the information to download. White space throughout the day. Stillness and silence as your default state rather than new input all the time. Notice when you're scrolling without the reward, when it stops feeling good, but you're still scrolling anyway, use that as an opportunity to stop, take back control of your mind and in turn strengthen your mind in the process. Use freedom.to, the app, uh, to time block your social media use. That can be very effective. And finally, consider deleting the apps that aren't adding significantly to your life. And if you'd like to, one method that's very effective is a seven-day social media detox where you have deleted and blocked the apps. It's very uncomfortable at first, but you'll get through it and you'll feel so much better afterwards. All right. So those are the rules. If you can do that, I think you're really going to minimize a lot of the damage. And now in our third and final chapter, what I want to do is talk about how to actually benefit from social media. There's not a lot of ways, but there are some ways that you can use social media really effectively and actually enhance your mental abilities in various ways. And so that's what we're going to talk about next. If you need a break, take one now and I'll see you back here for chapter three. Okay, welcome back. So in the last chapter, we went over some rules for minimizing damage from social media and for using it with uh, as little negative impact on your mental performance as possible. Now, I wanna give you a few techniques, and unfortunately, there are only a few <laughs> that I can see anyway, for benefiting from social media. But these practices can really help you strengthen your mind, actually, if you employ them while you're using social media. So the first one is one that we've spoken about in the past, very, very powerful. This is the practice of overriding or delaying impulse. So when you feel impulse to pick up your phone and start scrolling, the practice of noticing that and then cutting off that impulse is sort of like and we've used this analogy before, the bicep curl for the brain. It makes your mind stronger every time that you choose to override an impulse of the mind and just say, no, we're not doing that. That's called discipline. And discipline is a muscle that gets weaker or stronger over time. So the practice of using your phone to strengthen your discipline can really help in the long term. And the more you do something, the more you satisfy an impulse, the more frequently you will experience that impulse and want to do that thing. The more you override impulse and take back control of your mind, the less you will experience that impulse. In other words, we're starving the impulse uh, from even occurring in the first place. So in the case of picking up our phone and scrolling social media, the more that you satisfy that urge, the more you will have the urge. It's like getting addicted to sugar. The more you eat dessert, the more you want dessert after eating. <laughs> In the same way, the more you cut that impulse off and just say, no, I'm not doing that right now. 
the more you starve the impulse and the less you even experience it in the first place. So practice overriding impulse. And if you are going to pick up your phone, because of course we're not going to do this every single time or we just wouldn't use social media, media at all, which is an option, <laughs> by the way. If you are going to pick up your phone, practice delaying the impulse. So you reach for your phone and then you stop. Put your hand down, wait a sec, take back control of your mind, and then by choice, pick up the phone and start scrolling. So the difference is you're not impulsively doing it, you're doing it by choice. In other words, taking back control of the mind. This, once again, is the bicep curl for the brain that strengthens your focus and strengthens the just capacity you have to override the impulsiveness of the mind. So this can be very, very effective. The second one is making sure that you're following, if you're gonna be on social media following a variety of people, make sure those people don't all share the same view. You want to make sure that you have a variety of points of view in your social media newsfeed. This is critically important, okay? If we're on social media all the time, only reading things from one point of view. We see this in like political circles a lot. Everybody's on the left or everybody's on the right and that's the only view that they listen to and their mind in turn becomes very closed and they get this tunnel vision on their way of thinking and it can never open. Social media sort of acts like this echo chamber for your belief system in that when you're scrolling, if it's all one point of view, you're reinforcing that one belief system over and over and over and over again. And in turn, you're closing your mind and making it more rigid and less likely to open. This is the opposite of what's called beginner's mind, right? As an example, if you train with broken shooting form, for the first five years of your career. Every day you go in the gym, your elbow's jacked up, you're twisting, you're doing all these things that aren't optimal for shooting form. It's much harder <laughs> to then correct that shooting form after five years of daily practice. In the same way, if our mind always follows this one track of thinking, that's the only track of thinking that it's going to be able to follow. It's going to become rigid and stuck like that broken shooting form. So use social media as a opportunity to open your mind and expose your mind to more points of view, more perspectives, more ways of thinking that may be different from your own so that you can learn from them and integrate your worldview as a more complete whole. Okay, there's this brilliant uh, philosopher and, and thinker named Ken Wilber who has an amazing statement that goes, nobody is smart enough to be 100% right or 100% wrong. And this is one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard because it means that every point of view has aspects that are correct and aspects that are incorrect. Every point of view. <laughs> Nobody's smart enough to be 100% right or 100% wrong. And so... Assuming that your way of thinking is the only way of thinking is, <laughs> in other words, it, it's not possible that that's true. And the more that you reinforce it, the less flexible and open your mind is going to be. It's like being on the basketball court and getting fixated on having to attack the rim in a certain way so that you miss all of these wide open opportunities. If you get it in your mind that like once you get the ball, you are going to attack the rim no matter what. And then you get the ball and you're wide open for three, 
but your mind is so focused on attacking the rim that you attack into the paint and go into this crowd of people and turn the ball over, that is like this tunnel vision equivalent in the basketball court of what's happening if all we're doing is reinforcing one way of thinking and doing that in large part through social media. That's how most people do it because as I said, it's this echo chamber for our belief system. It reinforces what we already think over and over. So point being, this is a long way of saying, and I apologize, it's a long way of saying, follow a variety of points of view. Challenge your own beliefs integrate new perspectives and do this through social media because as we said social media is to communication what nuclear power is to energy it's incredibly powerful for communication and so we can get a lot of new information that may update our worldview in a powerful way through social media finally personal branding and whether you realize it or not your social media profiles are one of the uh, primary ways that you present yourself to the world. Whether you run a business or not is irrelevant. Coaches, scouts, <laughs> frankly, for this matter, like potential girlfriends, boyfriends, people that you may have relationships with, new friends that you meet, uh, you know, people on academic committees that are deciding whether or not to give you a scholarship. All kinds of people who are going to really, really matter in your life are looking at your social media profile. So be very careful with what you're posting and make sure that you're presenting a person, a version of yourself to the world through social media that you actually want to be seen by everybody. So if you wouldn't want a scout or a coach to see a post of yours, don't post it. Use social media as a platform for your uh, for your personal brand, so to speak. Use it as a way to present the best version of you to the world because people are watching. <laughs> your future coaches, your future wife or husband, your future employers, they're all going to see it. So be careful, okay? So those are the three practices. Practice overriding or delaying impulse. Practice following a variety of points of view and challenging your point of view regularly. Practice being careful <laughs> with what you're posting on social media and using it to cultivate a personal brand that is, uh, is the best version of you that you would want to present to the world. And finally, I'll leave you with this thought, okay? Because I've been pretty down on social media throughout this talk. And some of this is my own just personal uh, opinion, of course. Like I don't use a lot of social media, so naturally I think this way. But I've seen it negatively affect people who are close to me and players who are really, really serious about their game in really significant ways, ways that like they genuinely affect lives, okay? With all of this in mind, I'm not saying that social media is ruining the world. I don't believe that at all. It's not ruining the world. It's changing the world. It's opening up new potential. So for one person, social media may ruin their ability to focus. It might rob them of their dopamine and uh, make them feel unmotivated, lazy, water down their discipline and make it hard to do anything. And as a result, their entire life suffers. That may be true for one person. For another person, they may use social media 
to grow this beautiful personal brand and to build a podcast and to build a business and to open up potentials for their lives that were really unheard of before social media even existed. So it's not that it's ruining the world, it's changing the world and it's opening up new potential. Pure power equals pure potential. And that potential can go in, <laughs> you know, not so good ways, or it can go in fantastic ways that change your life. So take back control of your use of social media and your relationship to it and make sure that it's opening potentials and new like areas of growth for yourself that you actually want. Okay. So finally, I don't normally ask this, but I will ask that if you have benefited from this talk, please pass it on, <laughs> pass it on. This information is is needed in the world. It's needed to be understood. And there is a really systemic, chronic lack of focus, lack of motivation as a result of social media that is permeating through our world today. So please, please pass this on. And once again, I, I, I very, very rarely ask for that. But uh, in this case, I really think it's important. Okay. So Please let me know what you thought. Let me know what rules you may be implementing for yourself. This is an important topic. It's a powerful topic, and I believe it's foundational for this deep game work. Let, let us know if you have any questions at all, if you need any support with this, if you have, uh, you know, you're considering different ways to do the social media detox. We're always here for you, and uh, I look forward to hearing about your results with hopefully implementing some of these rules. So take care, and I will see you in the next talk. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and take our free masterclass where you'll learn all eight laws of the deep game and all of the fundamentals of the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and it's completely free right now. So head over to deepgame.com, take the masterclass, and I will see you there.